Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we are joined by the Tara Chatsakis. Good afternoon to you. Hi, Pete. How are you doing today? Awesome, awesome. Listen, great to have you on the show. You're all the way from the Isle of Wight today. I am, yes. In the UK, a small island off the south coast, and it's mighty cold, Mighty Pete. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's great. So, Tara, tell us, who are you? What do you do? And where are you from? So I am a law of attraction and a Robbins Madanus coach, mm-hmm. and I help women step into their highest potential so that they can create the reality that they want. I'm from Yorkshire originally. Um, the surname's not Yorkshire, if you'd noticed. I was married to a Greek guy and I lived there for 12 years. And then I came to the Isle of Wight because I thought it's probably hotter in the Isle of, on the Isle of Wight than it is in Yorkshire. So that's why I came to live here. You're just about still in the UK, but you're as far just outside of about. it as you could be. <laughs> I couldn't get much much south, more more south. So I thought I'll come here. It's going to be warm. So yeah, so we're we're in the UK region, but as close to the uh, sort of European and the, the equator as you can get. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. So tell us, give us a bit of a background. Law of attraction. What is it all about? Um. So the law of attraction is. A lot of people, actually, I think everybody knows about it, but I don't think they do, do they really? I was speaking to a guy yesterday and he thought it was about um, being attracted to somebody across a crowded room, um, which is not. So a law of attraction is the attraction of the things that you bring into your reality. So it's the universe matching your vibrational energy within your body and you attract situations, people, experiences back to you to match that vibrational energy in your body. So that's what you're attracting. It's a bit like the law of gravity. It's a, it's a pulling back to you kind of situation. Mm. So what do you think is what you get? Is that a, is that a fair summary? Uh, yep. Your thoughts do become things, but there are more things involved apart from just thinking, Oh, I want to be rich. Yeah. It doesn't just work as simply as that. There's more things that go into the manifestations than just thinking, but your thoughts are so powerful. Um, they are one of the most powerful energies that you have in, in your body and they do help create the reality around you. Oh, well, okay. So how, how long have you been doing this then? I mean, is this, is this something new for you or something that's always been in the background? Um, I've been studying it for well over a decade. Mm-hmm. I um, certified as a law of attraction coach. I think it was Oh my God, I don't know. Um, about four or five years ago now mm-hmm. um, with one of the guys from The Secret. But I never really, I did it more for myself sort of to, to learn the mechanics a bit more for me than for, for teaching. Um, but being a coach is something that I think you, you have within you that you, it's something that you've always wanted to do. So when it came to last year through COVID, I thought um, now's my time. You know, when you say, oh, when I have the time, I'll do this. I had the time last year, so I started my coaching business last year. Wow, okay. And how have you found it? 
it's been up and down. Let's put it that way. It's been a challenge, but I've loved it. And I've, I've grown so much from going through it. And I'm at the point now where it's, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. There's no going back. You know, when you get to that point of this is it now, this is my mission and I'm not going back into anything other than this. So yeah, I love it. I love what I do. Oh, wow. Well, tell us, I mean, what, what does fire in the belly mean to you then, Tara? Fire in the belly means to me to be doing something that you absolutely love that not necessarily that you makes you bounce out of bed every, every morning, because that's not always the case, but even when you know that things are difficult, just knowing that you get to do something or make that impact is just enough to get you excited to get you through the day. And is this something you have? Have you always had fire in the belly yourself or? Um, yeah, I think everybody always, always has a fire in their belly, but it just depends on whether or not they allow themselves to access it. I mean, for years I did what I was what I thought I had to do, not what I wanted to do. Um, and that certainly was not a fire in the belly moment. It was, you know, what needed to be done to put food on the table, or it was the job that I thought I had to do. Um, and I got stuck in that wheel. And I think a lot of people do, and it's not until something happens that you, you realize that life shouldn't just be good. It's supposed to be great. And that's when the fire in the belly comes out, isn't it? Is that contrast, that moment of, as you say, things aren't quite what they're supposed to be and, and that, I mean, is, is that a moment of amazing contrast that sort of from great change or challenge, mm. you know, comes the opportunities, do you think? Is, is, do, yes, do definitely. And I think everybody has them. You know, everyone has so much potential within them mm. to do great things, but we just get used to, living every single day. It's a bit like the Groundhog Day movie. You know, every single day is exactly the same. It's just different people, different circumstances, but it's nothing new. And you get used to doing that. And I think, um, you know, sometimes the universe gives us in the face, like it could be ill health, it could be redundancy or a situation that really makes you wake up. But it could be more subtle than that because, you know, it gives you, it gives you nudges all throughout, you know, maybe you should be doing this. Maybe you should have you following this dream. What about that that you wanted to do? And if you keep ignoring it, that's when the universe is like, okay, hold on a minute. Now I'm going to slap you and you're going to wake up. And that's when people decide, okay, now I'm going to do what, what I need to do, what I want to do. So what were the big changes for you then? I mean, what did it take to, to, to step you out of your sequence or your, you know, your pattern? Um, it was actually one comment that somebody made to me. So I was, um, I was training to be a personal fitness trainer, um, in a modality called T-TAP. And I was talking with one of the ladies who was actually already a T-TAP trainer. And she said to me, I was in a period that was really unhappy in my marriage. And she said to me, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, what do you mean? What, what? am I allowed to do something about it? And I know that sounds crazy. It sounds like a really unbelievable thought that was going through my head, but I actually thought that I was in this situation. I was in this marriage and that was it. Um, I had to be there because I'd chosen this path and I never even thought that I had um, the freedom of choice to change things because um, I'd got so stuck in being that trapped 
person. Um, so her saying that to me made me wake up and think, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I could do something more. Um, and then, you know, I tell everyone this story and they're all like, oh, this sounds a bit bizarre, but I had a, a hug from the universe. And I don't think many people have experienced that. So it's, it's like a warm, it's like a, a proper hug that you'd give somebody to comfort them. But it was all over my body. And I knew intuitively that it was supportive, loving energy. And I felt loved and um, I felt that I couldn't fail, that I would, that no matter what I wanted to do, there was some energy, some force that was beside me, helping me through it and that I could do anything. And that was a turning point for me. It was like, okay, now I have to start looking at what I do want which, you know, sometimes it's the contrast of seeing what you don't want that shows you what you do want and start working towards that. So that was my wake up call. Mm. That's super interesting. I mean, would you say, are you generally pain driven or driven by um, not lack per se, but what, what has happened or are you dri driven by the pleasure of what could happen? I'm definitely the person that needs to get away from the pain rather than move towards the pleasure. And I think, um, for example, that period in my life when I was so low, I couldn't, I didn't have the capacity to imagine what I wanted. I didn't, I couldn't see the pleasure that I was going towards. I just knew that I had to get away from the pain that I was in. Um, and I think a lot of people when they're, it depends on how, on what situation they've got going on, but you can't always visualize what you do want because you're so far removed from it. It's like a completely different world. It's, it's not something that you can imagine because it's, it's so alien to you. So it's a matter of getting away from the pain first, starting the actions to get away and then things start to come to you and paths start to open up and you start to be more aware of the things that you want. Mm. Do you know what you want? Are you always clear or have you been clear? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I think, your honesty. <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I have certain goals and dreams now, but they're always changing. Um, you know, there's nothing set in stone. And because we're always evolving as beings, hmm. nothing is, you're never at a destination, are you? You know, you're always on your journey to something else. So, you know, as I'd like to talk about it, if you're, let's say you're, you want to walk to, fr from your house to a shop, and as you set off on your journey, you know, you know, the distance and you know where you want to go, but while you're on that journey, you might suddenly see a, a, you know, a shortcut that you didn't know existed before. And you take that route instead, or you might see another path and you think, Oh, I wonder what's down that road. So you're always heading towards the same direction, but there might be different opportunities and avenues that you're taking which are better for you and more fun, but you can't see until you start on the journey itself. Mm. How, how do you know when you're on the right path? I think you can feel that anyway, because, you know, your body is, or your emotions are like your, um, a bit like a GPS system. So if you are going, if you're doing something that's not right for you, that's not healthy, that's not, um, going to benefit you, that's when you feel bad. If it's not true and good for you, that's when you feel a bad emotion and you feel um, anxious and upset. 
if you're doing something and it feels good to you, that's because it is the right path for you and it is the truth for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and would you, what would you describe yourself? Are you intuitive? Are you very aware of your own feelings? Uh, how would you describe that in terms of your interaction with yourself and with others? I've become better at it. You know, when I was way back when with hug of the universe time, I had kind of switched it off. Mm. So I, you know, I numbed the emotions so much that I didn't feel anything because I didn't want to acknowledge my feelings. I didn't want to be sad or be upset or have hope because, you know, all of those things made me upset. So I'd, I'd switched it off. Um, now, obviously, you know, I work on getting those emotions out. And if it's not a good emotion, what does that mean? And why am I feeling like that? So I do, I do process my emotions and I do think about them a lot more than, you know, the past when I was going through other situations. Mm. Yeah. It's always, yeah. It's always amazing how much is, much we process retrospectively, right? Because mm-hmm. do you believe, can you change your past? Do you think? Um, yes and no, I think you can. So obviously you can't change the things that happened. Um, although they are, you know, I do believe that things are happening at the same time. So they're like parallel time zones, if you like. Um, so you can go back in time in that respect, but you can change how you perceived that period and how you feel about that period. Um, and if it's quite um, a traumatic time, it, if it was quite a traumatic time in your life, and that those sort of invisible scars have stayed with you, you have to be able to release them and see them from a different perspective. You know, maybe see the good in that situation that came out of it. You know, when I was so low, if I hadn't have been through that, then I probably wouldn't have being the person I am now, I wouldn't have gone into coaching maybe, or I wouldn't have been as passionate about helping women as I am now. So there's always got to be a good that comes out of something. Mm. Um, and that change in perception can change how you're, how you process what happened in that situation. And that that's kind of like rewriting the past, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. Well, it's perception, right? Cause you can't change the fact but you can change the, yeah. the beliefs or the perceptions around it. So mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, things happen for different reasons, right? I mean, do you, yeah. I mean, do you, are you where you're supposed to be? Do you think? Yes, most hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm on, I'm still on a path. I'm still on a journey to my destination or I suppose it's never a destiny. You, you never get to the end, do you? But yeah, this is part of my process. This is part of my journey and being happy with where I am right now and acknowledging the challenges and the, you know, the successes and all these things are helping me to get better at what I do and helping me to move for, further forward. So yeah, I, I love my life right now. There's some things I would like to change, but they're in the process of, as is always, as we're always expanding and evolving. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it's, it's that whole thing, isn't it? You know, life's happening for you, not to you. Once you yeah. get your head around that. Exactly. You know, if, if you, if you think it's happening to you, you're always, you're always the victim and you know, you're, you're handing your control to an external environment or reality or person. And when you believe that life's happening for you, you take back control. And that's when you, 
you can step into your power and choose the path that you take and choose what happens to you. Mm. What, what path do you normally choose? I mean, what role would you normally play? What do you mean? So as in, I mean, I suppose, okay, expanding the question is, what's your style? What, what's your best way to interact with others and interact with yourself? To interact with other people. So I, I try to not judge people. Um, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> but I think we always have the immediate judgment that we make on people when we see them. Um, <clears throat> but I know that that's not the reality. There's always more behind it as well. Um, I try to listen and be open to different opinions. Maybe people... And I have diff- a difference of opinion. We don't agree on things, but that doesn't make somebody else's opinion better or worse than mine. Um, so I try and be open-minded about situations and people and how they interact with me. Um, and for my path, there are like I said, things that I want to achieve. And I'm, I know that, you know, the, where I want to go, I'm not ready to be there yet. I know that there are things that I have to learn to get me to that level. Um, so that that makes the whole process of not rushing myself to, to have this, this level of success or this level of something else, because I know that when I'm ready and when I can emotionally and physically accommodate it, then I will step into that level. Are you clear now on what, what success would mean for you now and and how does that compare to what you maybe would have wanted previously? You mean previously as in when, when I had the universe hug that kind of previously? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, back to, you know, it's almost the, the, the before and after the, the before hug and after hug, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when I was back then, as I said, it was moving away from the pain more than moving towards pleasure because I didn't know what that was. Um, and it took me a while to work it out where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Um, as I said, I w- we were living in Greece. I have three daughters and I had to make the choice to either just move out of the family home with them or move back to the UK. Um, it would have been more difficult for me to stay there. So I came back to England, which wasn't easy either, but it was easier than, than setting up in, in, in a foreign country. So you know, that, at that point, I didn't have a version of success. Anything was better than where I had been. So it was, you know, the fact that I didn't have to, when I was sort of in the house in the UK when we first moved here, if I heard a, if I heard a moped, for example, a motorbike, I used to panic and think my husband was coming home. And that, it took me a while to get past that and, and think, no, it's all right, you can calm down, it's not him you can relax. He's not even in the same country, let alone outside your house on a bike. So those were small steps. And I didn't see the bigger picture of anything by then. It was just getting to the point of um, being able to move forward and rebuild myself because I didn't have any self-confidence or I'd really low self-esteem. I didn't think I was, I didn't think I was good at anything when I came back. So I had a lot of rebuilding to do myself and that was quite hard. So there was no ambition of, Oh, I want to achieve this. I want to do that because that wasn't even, I didn't even aspire to do anything. Mm. 
now I have dreams and ambitions. Now I have things that I want to achieve. Now I want to, you know, impact women globally, which is, you know, part of podcasting and, and also with my coaching. And, you know, if I can appear on a summit or things like that, then I'm there because I want to get my message out. And it's taken a while for me to get the confidence to do that and not think of people laughing at me and, and saying, well, who does she think she is? Now I don't care because I have a bigger mission and it's important that I don't step back from that. Um, you know, it's bigger than me. I know people say that and it sounds a bit weird, but it's, it is, I have to be part of, there has to be more than me doing this movement and, but I have a part to play in it. So. Mm. And that's, so the chain, cause I mean, you have, well, one, you have your, your own podcast as well, happy, inspired, yeah. motivated podcast. So and congratulate you've, you've gone over a hundred episodes, I think 106, I reckon roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just over a hundred. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, how does that feel? First of all, <laughs> I don't know. Amazing. I didn't even, when I started my podcast last year, I didn't even, I'd never even listened to podcasts when I started it. Um, it just so happened that I came across somebody who was teaching podcasts and I thought, Oh, well, I'll have a look. And I just started doing it. Um, and I love it. It's one of the, you know, one of my favorite things to do. And then I'm in the top 5% globally, which was like, Oh my goodness, how did that even happen? And you know, things that like that happen to you when you're giving and not worrying about receiving, you know, when the more you give, the more you receive. So it's, I want to get my message out. I want people to hear, and I want people to hear from others that have experienced, um, inspirational journeys in their life. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, a massive milestone for me to be able to have sat on a podcast and talked to people every single week, twice a week, uh, for the past year, it's like, it takes, it takes a lot of courage, doesn't it? It was to start a podcast, um, as you would know, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's very rewarding as well. Is that, do you find yourself in a flow state? I mean, do you, you know, when you're actually on and speaking to, to people, I mean, is that, is that your, your natural state? Yeah. I love speaking to people. I'm a real people person. You know, I'm the person during COVID. I was like, I need to go out and hug people just randomly oh, kiss them in the street. And my, my daughter's like, please mom, calm down. You can't do that. But I like being around people. I love people and I love finding out about them as well. So it's great for me to be able to interview people on the show and learn about them and learn about their history and their journey and, and their ambitions um, yeah, things like that get me really excited that people have got dreams as well and how they achieve the dreams that they've got so far. Um, I do solo episodes as well. So when I'm doing those as well, I, I get into a, a kind of flow. So I, I don't know, the, I sort of tap into the universe sort of, not in a, in a trancy type way, but I just, it comes through me what I need to say. I don't worry about oh, I have to get this message across. And I need this strategy in my podcast and I need to do this and I need to include all these things. It just, it comes from my heart. And that's, I think that's a better message to give out to people. Hmm. Has that evolved through time? The more you do it, it's, it's, you know, speaking from the heart or speaking from, you know, your intuition. Do you think, I mean, is, yeah. is it a muscle? Does it need to build up? and, and just Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I haven't listened to my earlier episodes, but I, I can imagine they're a lot different to the ones now. Um, yeah. In the beginning, I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about today? Um, and now 
it's 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 much easier and it it flows much more easily because I I have I'm more in tune and, and aligned with my with my passion and my mission than I was when I started like just over 12 months ago. Well, mm. no, 18 months, no, 18 months ago. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's things have changed a lot. My message has changed a lot and my ability to express my message has changed a lot as well. So yeah, if people are going to listen to my podcast, don't listen to the first few episodes. <laughs> it's probably not going to set you up for great success. <laughs> It's amazing though, isn't it? But I mean, that's, that's the beauty of experience in life. I mean, listen, we, I'm sure we look back at a number of things in life and potentially slightly cringe and going, <laughs> I wouldn't do that again. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You do, you because you grow so much, but you, and unless you look back at it, then you don't realize how far you've come. Um, so that's a great thing for like celebrating your wins, isn't it? Look at where you started and make a, a journey of that and then think, oh my goodness, I've done really well. I've done you know, if I think back to my early days of podcasting, uh, it's completely different, but you know, I don't, I don't think about it very often, but yeah, it's, it's been a good journey and I love it. Well, what have you learned from podcasting? It's given me a lot of, a lot more confidence. Um, I, it's kind of a form of public speaking, isn't it? Mm. Even though you're not like on a stage, you have to be able to you have to be able to speak and not be too embarrassed or afraid. And I, and I know that it's, you know, you're talking to yourself as such, especially when you're on zoom, but it still, it opens you up a lot more for building confidence. And also to get your, the more you speak about what you're doing, the more clearer you become on what you're doing as well. Um, and interviewing people, I've learned so many things from the people that I've interviewed. Like I come away and I was like, wow, I didn't know that before. And it's just phenomenal that they're teaching me at the same time. And I become a better person for what I've learned from them. Um, mm. It's just like, yeah, it's just great. The things that people teach me and, the, and their perspectives. I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. I'll try that. So it's, you know, it benefits me as a person as well as through my podcast. It is powerful, especially when someone takes the time to share and, you know, and you take the time to host them. You know, and they say, well, this this worked for me, right? This this was a turning point or this is where I was, where I went to, and, and this mm -hmm. was the key that unlocked it for me. And that that's I think that's a beautiful service. It's you know, to share that with people and listen, it may resonate with some, it may not, and but that's okay too. It's yeah. right, you know, we're all different. And it, but it resonates with me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I always come away from my interviews thinking, wow. Why did I not know that before? Or it might be something that I did know, but you know, when you hear it again, you're like, yeah, I'd forgotten that. So it's, you know, it's always a, it's, you're always learning something, which we know we are anyway, but it's when you're having those kind of interviews and they're, they're person to person and they're, you know, directly relating to that person's life, you know, the, the impact that, that their journey has had, you know, it, it, it creates waves within me and other people. And that's really important. Hmm. Well, that's it. It's, it's that, it's that sort of inspiration, isn't it? Or that is, is it, is it the contrast and looking at someone else's life or is it the seeing what motivates them or what is it? Do you think that actually we, we, we gain so much from talking to other people? So behind, so for like, for my podcast interviews, I liked to in, interview people who have been through not a similar journey to mine, but have been 
you know, started their businesses from, from the ground up type of thing. Um, and they've overcome some hurdle to get to where they are. So I, I like the fact that it's inspirational. It gives me the, um, the juice to keep going as well, you know, because, you know, they've made a huge success and, you know, I'm not at the million pound level. I'm not, you know, anywhere near that yet, but it gives me the, it gives me the motivation to keep going and the people who are listening as well. And it could be that, you know, they have tips that you can incorporate into your life to help you grow as well as a person and as a business. But it's also the fact that, you know, these are real life people who, you know, haven't come from mega backgrounds who may have come from like 30,000 pounds in debt or whatever they were, but they, they, they believed in what they were doing and they carried on and they showed up and they've made a huge success. And that, you know, it's great to remember that when you're on your journey or when you're starting out and you, you don't see the progress, you know, you've, you've got your dreams and ambitions and you're manifesting them, but you don't always see immediate results. You don't see the, the, um, like I said, when you're in it, you don't see the difference that it's making as you're traveling on your journey. But when you look back, you see it. So seeing somebody else's journey, which could be similar to yours, gives you the, it spurs you on to keep going because, you know, you know that you're on the right path too. There's nothing can stop you either if you really want something. Is that, I mean, would that be almost a rule for life for you? You know, that sort of just keep going. Is that, you know, is that a sort of a mantra or is there a, is there a set of sort of promises or, or an ethos by which you work to? It is definitely to keep going. You know, if you're stopping, then you're quitting because you're not getting any further. And it's it's the action step. So like the universe can give you anything that you want. It can manifest anything that you ask it to. And you don't necessarily you don't need to have it all figured out. You don't need to know how everything is going to pan out or how you're going to achieve everything. But you have to take action. So if you don't start moving, you're never going to see those shortcuts that you might find when you're walking down the street. You're never going to see that new um, that new store or something that might encourage you to do something else. You're not going to see the new things until you start moving and you start taking action. So just showing up every day, just one action step in the right direction. Um, you know, I was, I was talking on a live today about let's say you wanted to, you know, you were earning 30, 30 K a year, you wanted to earn a hundred K a year. And then you, you were like, okay, well, I'm going to write a book to make this happen by dictating that it has to be the book. You automatically start shutting all these doors of opportunity that could help you get to that hundred K faster or easier or in a better way. Cause you're saying it has to be through this book, but you have to still start writing the book that has to be your action step. So not saying it has to come from the book, but I would like to write the book. That's going to be part of my journey and starting to do that. And that will open you opportunities for you. And it might be that your books never gets, your book never gets published. That doesn't matter. The fact that you started doing that, it may have introduced you to somebody else. It may have made you experience something else, or you might've realized that you have a passion for something along the way while you're doing that. So, you know, there are things that open up through you taking action steps, but as long as you're not dictating that that action step is how you're going to create your success. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, from what I got, you know, it's almost like there's, there's energy in motion there, right? It's that Mm -hmm. at least, at least set off. You might discover that actually it's not quite right or, 
you know, yeah. tried that and just didn't resonate, which is fine. You know, listen, that's good. I mean, sometimes it's, if it's nothing more than stopping doing the things that don't bring us joy and, you know, but actually something yeah. I found did bring me joy. And that's, yeah, exactly. that's, that's a win too, right? Yeah. And they, they do say that emotion is energy in motion, isn't it? That's, mm. you know, that's what it, it means that you're actually doing something. You're getting the emotion because you're, you're moving, you're taking the action steps. Hmm. Do you find people get you? I mean, do people sort of look at you a bit weirdly and go, what are you talking about? Or, do, <laughs> or you know, are you surrounded by enough people now that go, yeah, I get Tara, that's cool, I like it. Um, some people still look at me and they're like, oh. <laughs> especially my mum and dad, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think people that have followed me for a while, obviously, you know, they've, I've, I've improved the way that I express myself and the way that I talk about my message. Cause in, in the past, you know, I, I wrote a book years ago and it was horrendous. It was terrible. It was just like a brain dump of everything that I knew. Um, and it, if it had been published, it would have failed miserably because it was terrible. It really was bad, but that's because I was just writing all the, all the information that I knew and, all the details of things like, you know, quantum leaps and things like that and neuroplasticity and people are just, just people don't need to know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They need to know that I can help them do something. They need to know that their result is important to me. Their success is important to me and how I get them that success, how I work with them isn't important. So they don't need to know, oh, we're going to look at neuroplasticity today because that's like, well, that doesn't mean anything to me and I don't really care. But if I can show them how to do that and it helps them, that's more important to them. So it's not necessarily that I'm talking about what I do. I'm talking about how what I do is going to help them, if that makes mm. sense, rather than the actual thing that I'm doing. So, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what we what we want and what we need are often different, right? You know, sort of, mm. you know, especially as a coach is saying, I, I want you to do this, 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 and this, and this is like, well, actually what you really need to do is something completely different, <laughs> but I have to do what you want enable for us to give you what you need. Yeah. You know, right. Cause that's, that's the thing because people, you know, how often is it that people come to the coach with being quite prescriptive and actually he's going, you came here to change. So we need to do something different, but yeah, they don't go in and say, oh, well, I, I, I expect you to do this with me today to get the res desired result. You know, if, if plumber came to my house and he showed me his spanners, I'd be like, I don't really care as long as you fix my shower. You know, that's that's the result I want. I don't care what tools he uses. Um, and it's the same with coaching, isn't it? It doesn't matter what the coach does to you. No, that doesn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> but you, you know, I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter the tools and the techniques and and the um, the the strategy that they use, as long as you get the results that you're looking for. But the, but the ego does jump in there and says, hold on, this is, this is a bit woo woo or I know more than this, or I know what she's doing or I know what's happened. You know, it doesn't, it? I mean, the ego has to sort of, it, it comes and presents itself first and wants to challenge and how much of I paying, you know, paying for this and who are you and what are your qualifications? It's like, none of that matters, but if it makes you feel better, let's talk well, about it. Yeah, I mean, the ego is, you know, bless it. It, it. it is there to protect you, isn't it? You know, it wants to keep you safe. If it's unknown, it's it's going to question 
whether you need it, whether it's important, whether it's expensive, whether it's right for you and all these things, because it doesn't understand what the outcome is going to be because it's, it's new and it's scary. And it's, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to think. So it's, it is keeping you safe and that's great. Um, but yeah, like you say, you, you know, you, you just have to let that go and trust. And I think, for example, for coaching, you have to resonate with that coach anyway. So, you know, there's, there's me and there's other people that do something similar to me and I might not be the right coach for you. Somebody else might be, but that's nothing to do with my coaching skills or the techniques that I use. It's the fact that, you know, we don't connect, we don't gel, but you connect better with somebody else who's had maybe a similar experience to you in their life. So I think that's really important, more sharing the story um, of how we, how we have similarities, the things that we have in common. And, you know, you can see that the changes that I've made in my life and you know that the, the techniques and the tools that I've used are the ones that, you know, they obviously worked for me. So they're going to work for you as well when we're working together. And, you know, I, like, I was very conscious at the beginning about having the credibility, having the certification. And if people said to me, well, you know, who did you do your coaching with? And have you got a piece of paper to prove it? Which like you say, none of that matters, but it bothered me so much that I got the certification because I, I thought it was so important because I didn't want to have that block. I didn't want to have that barrier to somebody working with me with them saying, well, I don't know if you're too woo and you don't know proper strategy and things like that. So yeah, I did, I did go down that route as well because I thought it was very important to have also for me to learn, you know, other ways of helping people, but for, for people to feel safe that, okay, we can trust Tara because she's, you know, she's got this, this piece of paper. Mm. What's your core values? My core values. Or soul values. I don't mind, whichever. Um, to bring out the best in people and to be, for people to see that they have more within them than, than they've been told to believe they have. You know, it's really important for me that people understand that they are co-creators, that they have something within them that's like a creative energy. Um, and I want to bring that out in people. So it's important that you know, I'm honest with them that, you know, I have integrity and if somebody's not going to work well with me that I tell them, but the people that I do choose to work with and choose to work with me, that we have that connection and we can trust each other. Mm. What, what brings out the best in you then? A challenge. <laughs> I like to have something that's going to push me and help me grow at the same time. Um, you know, having working, if you're working with clients and it's the same kind of journey that you're taking them on, that's like doing the nine to five and doing the same thing every day, but each person is usually different. So it's, it's good to expand my knowledge and to come away thinking, okay, now what do I need to do to prepare for the next session that we have so that I can help her grow even more because now she's pushing me and now she needs me to step up again. Um, so yeah, that fuels me that I have to go away and think, okay, now I need to do something else. Now I need something different. What, what can work better for her that she will understand? Or how can I, how can I level up to be more of a, a mentor for her? Hmm. And how, I mean, for yourself, when you know, you're sort of 
mentoring yourself? I mean, do you, do you have an inner voice? Do you have an inner chatter? How, how are the voices? <laughs> how are the voices? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm schizophrenic or anything, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I am... I've had a lot of, like I said, I did, I did a lot of work on myself way back in the beginning and the voices are, they don't, they don't go, but mm. they get quieter. Yeah. Um, and I think the more that, like I say about leveling up for my clients, the more that I do that, the more things that come to the surface for me. Um, and, you know, I was, I was talking with a friend yesterday and he was examining my why because he wanted to do this with his with uh, his team in work. So we were doing the, he was doing the techniques with me and it was a lot of, a lot of emotions came up thing, talking about things that happened in my past that even though I've kind of moved on from them, they're still in there. I just don't bring them out as often. You know, I don't have the, um, I've helped myself to retrain some of the neurons in my brain. So I don't automatically jump to the negative emotions or the negative thoughts, but there are still some that are in there that sneak up on me every now and again. And they, when they come out, it's great because you have something new to work on. You have a new level, a new devil, as they call it, to, to work through. And, you know, you need to do that to get further forward. So. Mm. It, it's, it's counterintuitive, right? Isn't it? You know, it's, it's a bit like skiing as I like to put it is, you know, the, the most, the first thing you want to do is lean back. The worst thing you can do is lean back. You know, you've got to lean forward into it and then you get control and you get, you get stability, yeah. right? You know, it's, yeah. you know, even though you're hurtling down a mountain, but that's a bit like with coaching or a bit, a bit like with being intuitive or in touch with yourself mm. is you got to lean into those things. Although nature and, and everything else is pull back, it's pain. It's, yeah. you know, it's anxiety. It's, it brings you fear or whatever. Right. So, but there is payment or reward in the leaning forward and, and going through it. There is definitely, you know, the, the things that you've been telling yourself for years, if you don't address the fact that, that you have been saying those things, then you are, you know, again, giving your control over and you're not taking your power back. You're giving your power to somebody else because those limiting beliefs that you're telling yourself are keeping you trapped and you keep repeating them. And until you address them and say, well, hold on a minute. Why am I thinking like this? Why am I saying that to myself? It makes me upset that um, I'm feeling that way, but you know, is it actually true? Is, you know, am I, am I really that bad at something? And, and why would I think that? And looking at it and addressing it and bringing it out into the open, exposing it is what helps you move past it or through it and weakens the link in your mind um, so that you can start reframing what you think and what you say. Hmm. Are, are you able to spot that on yourself or does, does it still take a, a mentor or coach in your life to help you to reflect? I do have a coach. Yeah, I do. Um, but there are some moments that I do catch myself and I'm like, hold on a minute. Why am I saying this to myself? Um, but yeah, it does take a coach as well for me to address certain ones that are deeper, I think. Um, I had a lot of money mindset issues as well at one point, and I worked with a, a great coach for that. Um, but there are still times that, that I catch myself and I need the reassurance of somebody who's outside of me to help me with that. 
I don't, I mean, you know, the best people in the world all have coaches. Some of them have, you know, eight coaches or so, like nutrition, fitness, mindset, business. So they all have different levels of different coaches. Um, and I think, you know, people are specialized in certain areas. So, you know, they have to be there to help you, to help you get through things. Hmm. It's okay. As you say, it's because it helps us to reflect, right? It helps us to reflect on what's, what we can't necessarily see for ourselves. You yeah. know, people do get head up. I mean, if you want to learn to drive, right, you get an instructor. If you want to learn to write a book, you get somebody to help you. So yeah. what's the difference? You know, it is, you know, on different horses for courses. Some people will help you with, I don't know, spiritual mentorship. Some people will help you financial. You don't expect the same mm. person to do everything for you. Or do you? Maybe well, I'll... no, I mean, if you ask me for financial advice, <laughs> it's going to be in a bit of a mess. Let's put it that way. But you have to, you know, like you say, coaches are there to help you. And I don't think they're as coaches like myself, law of attraction or Robbins Madanus or life coaching, these kind of um, services, they're becoming more popular now. They're becoming more well-known, but you know, before it was all right to have a financial, well, financial advisor, for example, they wouldn't call them a coach, but things that were like that, that were more physical things that you could see a result from a tangible result. Mm they were classed as more um, necessary and people don't, didn't think that they needed to work on themselves on their, on their inner chatter or, you know, they, their negative mind scripts that were going on. They didn't think that that was part of their journey, that that was important. Um, but the more people that are starting to use coaches and they're getting the results that they, you know, and then they can share those people are starting to acknowledge that, okay, there might be something here that can help me or other people. Hmm. No, it's, well, what have you found has been the most useful then working with a coach or, you know, for actually sh shifts in your life, let's say, I mean, sort of pivotal moments. Um, one of them was being worthy of financial success and business success. Um, certain aspects that have played out like a recurring theme in my life that I wasn't really aware of. Um, so that was, that was a great moment for me that I went back and I did a timeline therapy on that, um, which was very liberating. I have to say, not that it completely abolished everything. Don't get me wrong. It, <clears throat> you know, I had to keep revisiting that, but the initial, Oh, okay. That makes sense now. And maybe, maybe I wasn't thinking, good thoughts about myself when I could have been. Sure. Um, so that was good. Just give us an overview of about timeline therapy because not everyone will have heard of that really. So um, my coach had me identifying the past and the future and going back to an early memory that had stuck out in my mind when, when I wasn't feeling worthy. Um, and I had to explain how I felt about that and the emotions that came up and the situation that it was. And then we went back and I changed the way I felt about it. Um, so it was a different perception. And then I moved back from the past to my, to, to now. And all the times that I, that it's come up that I wasn't feeling worthy. I addressed those with the same kind of mindset. And it was a bit like erasing them as such, as I went through to came back to modern day. And that was really, that was really helpful for me. And that made me feel a lot 
stronger and um, much more focused as well. So that was really good. I mean, I do I do something similar with clients about sending love to their past and their future. Um, you know, and by sending love back to the woman that was back in 2009, when, when I had the hug from the universe, I sent her a lot of love for what she went through and the bravery that she showed because without her doing that, I wouldn't be who I am and where I am right now. And I don't know whether that's, whether part of the hug was my energy going back to her as well. You know, there's lots of things that could have contributed to that, but that's really, that's really important to me that I keep showering her with love. And the woman that's my future me is doing the same for me as well. It's beautiful to have that. As you say, that's a reflection backward and forward. Hmm. Knowing that, you know, the, the past you that, that you struggled with, you know, if, if they hadn't been through what they'd been through and hadn't taken the action steps, then you wouldn't be sitting here today and, and having been on this journey so far. So, that, you know, you have to love them for what they went through. They were so brave and they went through so many different things and, you know, all the emotions and building of self-confidence that my past went through. I'm so grateful that she did that because if she hadn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be the coach that I am right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I look at my future, the future me that I'm becoming, she has, you know, she sends me love for, to me, for me to keep going, for me to keep taking those steps and as I go in, when I, when things come up for me, I, I think to myself, well, what would my, what would the woman I'm becoming do in these instances? Because, you know, if I keep doing the same things that Tara's doing right now, I'm not going to become the woman that I want in the future. So I have to take different action steps. And she helps me with that. Are you clear? Well, your, your life purpose, do you, do you have a guidance overall of where you're going? I want to, so I want to impact women all over the world. Mm. You know, I want to work, I work like on a one-to-one basis at the moment. Um, so there's only so many clients that I can, that I can work with, but I know that for every one person that I work with, you know, that impacts positively at least 10 people around them from the way that they change in their lifestyle. And, you know, the ripple of that goes out. I want to, have reached like, you know, thousands of women all over the world through either my speaking, my podcasting, summits that I'm on or my coaching. So anything, whether it's free, valuable content or whether it's paid content and working with me, I want women to, to step up so that their feminine energy is stronger. You know, I think there's masculine and feminine energy in the world. There's an, there's a definite imbalance and that's what causes chaos we need to raise the feminine energy and allow men to ex- to express their feminine energy as well and reduce a bit more of the masculine energy so that we can have the balance and i think women need to be encouraged to do that and supported on their journey to do that so that's really important for me are you of the belief that you know some talk about you know, the, the feminine energy being the, the sort of subconscious mind and the, the, the masculine being the conscious mind. So is that something you would subscribe to or? No, I don't think so. No, I'm, 
I think the masculine energy is very direct. I say aggressive, but not not in a bad aggressive, but they're more um, determined to to get what they want um, than the feminine energy because the feminine energy is much more about putting other people first and and that comes through being mothers and and wives and you know putting the family before their own like passions and dreams. So the feminine energy is much gentler, but it's it is very powerful. It's not forceful. It's powerful. Um, and I think there has to be more of that in men and women um, to help create this balance that we that we've got going on right now. Mm. No, it is. It's it's, it's interesting because uh, you know a lot of the you know, the masculine energy here. A lot of people talking about you know it's very close to the ego. You know it's very you know and, and it's that knowing language. It's that knowing or thinking or knowing which is potentially closed mm. closed thinking which is not open or caring or connecting, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, sort of top of the parade and you will obey type scenario, you know, maybe. Um, I think of the ego as different to that. I don't think of your, I guess you're meaning more like being egotistical and, you know, I will be the dominant one, that kind of ego. But how I see the ego is more of um, that voice inside that's, either driving you or stopping you, hmm. whichever, um, it depends on what you're trying to do at the time, but you know, your, your prehistoric brain was always there to keep you safe. So you didn't get eaten by saber-toothed tigers and all these things. And it's still there. It, it's the purpose is still to keep you safe. It's just that now safety to the, to the, to the ego is not being embarrassed, not making a fool of yourself. It's not about being, chewed to death by a T-Rex, you know, it's, it's completely different, but it's still thinking, Oh my God, I have to keep her safe. She can't do that because she might die. It doesn't realize that you're not going to die anymore. Um, so that's how I see the ego as the, as the, the voice that's protecting you and stopping you from, it's like your overprotective mum, mm. not letting you go out without wearing bubble wrap just in case. <laughs> how, how do you change that from somebody who's, anxious slash petrified to go up on the stage to so somebody says, I still feel that way or whatever, but actually it's still, I'm still going to do it. How do you make that change? So why looking at why you are anxious, you know, you, if you're living in the past, you're likely to be depressed. If you're living in the future, you're going to be anxious. And the present moment is when you find peace. So what's, what's making you anxious? Is it, you know, uh, is it the fear of the unknown? Because if, you know, you, you could spend your whole day worrying about something and worrying that you're not going to be able to do something. And then when you get to that point, it's all well and good anyway. So why did you waste all that time getting anxious about it and worrying? So it's addressing why you're worried about something, what makes you anxious. And if you're sharing, for example, if you're getting on stage and you're sharing your story, hmm. You don't need the prep, if that makes sense. You know, you're not teaching something that you don't know anything about. You're talking about something that you're passionate about, and that makes it easy. So, you know, nobody knows your journey or what you do better than you do. So how, why would you be anxious about sharing your knowledge and sharing your journey when that's just going to help other people learn something from you? Mm. 
Because that's, I mean, that's part of being a service, right? Is to teach others, to help others, to yeah. inspire those around you. You know, you don't have to be top of the tree at the world specialist at something. You just need to be. Yeah. I mean, who is top of the tree? Mm. Who's the top of the tree of anything? You know, there's, mm. I have, I'm really good at something and you're, you're really good at something else. And together we help, we help people, you know, move forward in a certain direction, but there, I don't think there's anybody who knows everything. Hmm. As long as the person that you're working with knows more than you, they're going to help you to get to that level as well. Yeah, totally. Where would we find you in flow state then? I mean, where, where are you most at home or most in touch with yourself? Um, I like being in nature. I, um, I'm a bit of a tree hugger. I find that trees help calm me down or plants calm me down. I like to stroke leaves and things like that. Is it literal or, or metaphorical? Literal, no, literally, literally. Yeah. If I, yeah, if I'm walking past flowers and there's leaves there, I'll stroke them because they're so calming and soft. And they remind me that it's, it's all, why, why are we worried about everything? You know, plants don't panic. They don't think, Oh my God, where's the sun coming from tomorrow? Is it going to be sunny? Am I going to get some water? What happens if I die? Or that daffodil so much prettier than I am. It doesn't have any of these thoughts. It just grows. It just is. And it grows in the most random of places. You know, you find flowers growing through cracks in the pavement and things like that. And trees that are huge that have been there for years. And they, they don't, they just calm and they're just there. And they help center me and keep me grounded. And, you know, it puts things in perspective, basically. You know, if the plants can do it, then why can't I? You find that recharges you then, clears the head, recharges. Yeah. Leads you to reconnect. Definitely. Yeah, it does. And it helps me, helps calm me down mm. if, I'm, if I'm anxious about anything. And like I said, puts things in perspective. And it's also just good to be, you know, you know, the, the energy that the plants and the trees give off is, is pure loving energy because there's nothing malicious about a tree. There's nothing, you know, there's no bad vibe there. So when you're surrounded by those kind of energies, it, it balances the energies that you have inside and it helps to raise your vibrational energy in the body. Mm. Well, what, what then... You know, what's what's a great time to get you into a room and what's a great time to get you out of a room? You know, what's what's your specialty? What's the great time to do what, sorry? To get you into a room, you know, and uh, what's a great time to get you out of a room? You know, what a room. Basically, yeah, well, what what are you great at and what are you terrible at? You know, it's understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. Oh, sorry, I didn't I didn't know what a room was. A room, as in um could be a meeting room or board. A oh, room, sorry. Room. <laughs> so, accents. Sorry, I thought you said rim. I was like, what's a rim? Uh, so what, sorry, what, ask me yeah. the question again. Sorry. So yeah, so what, what, what's a great time to get you involved in something or connected to something? What's a, a great time to get you away from something? So I, I don't think I understand the question very well. Well, I, if I give you an example for myself, so <laughs> for me, no, no, it's when, it's when there's problems to be solved or going into creativity um, and that side. Now, when it comes to business as usual, get me out of there because I will start to wreck the place because I'm 
when it comes to admin, day-to-day boring. Oh, right. Stuff. Yes. Okay. That makes sense now. Yeah. So yeah, definitely getting me out of the room would be the same. I'm not very organized with my admin and that kind of background stuff. Um, answering emails and website design or keeping on top of the website, all of those things are draining and um, put me to sleep quite easily. So I'm not very good at that. And I don't keep on top of them, to be honest, because I am still a one woman band. So that is one of the hats that I have to use anyway. But um, get me on a call with a client or get me talking about something that I'm passionate about, like injustice to people, things like that. That gets me in the room. That gets me in the zone. And, you know, not that it's something that I get on my soapbox, but I, I can't, it upsets me when people have um, impressed their opinion or their way or their thoughts on other people. That gets me really um, riled up. And that's when I kick into, you know, loving other people and, and getting people to see that what they're doing is destroying somebody's confidence or their their life, you know. I get, I know it sounds daft, but things like when you see that somebody's being murdered, I get angry that they've that somebody believed they had the right to do that. Not not the action as such. It's the fact that they thought it was okay to impress something on another person. We're all free. We deserve to have the freedom and live the life that we want to live. And nobody has a right to, to decide to control us. And that gets me, that gets me in the room. Hmm. What's the one thing you'd like to say that often you can't, or it's not, <laughs> it's not the place to say it. One thing I'd like to say. Hmm. Um, just to stop thinking you're so freaking amazing that you, that your opinion matters to other people that you, that you believe you're so godlike that, um, you can choose to do what you want Mm. because it's not, it's not acceptable on any level to anybody, um, to change the way that person feels or, you know, to, to take away some, of their rights or their, you know, the things that they do to stop them from having control over their lives. Why do people feel that they have the right to do that in any situation, whether it be through a marriage or a work environment or just a stranger in the street? It's just, it's not acceptable. Well, is control a big thing for you? Yeah, a huge thing for me. I I don't like being controlled. I don't like people telling me what to do. Not that I'm some sort of wild cannon and I'm like, oh, I'll do what I want. I don't mean like that, but you know, I don't like people who think it's all right to judge what I do or say something. Cause I'm not hurting another person. Mm. I'm not impressing myself on another person or my views or anything like that. I'm living my life. I'm manifesting the life that I want through helping other people have a good life too. Um, I, but I don't like people telling me you're not allowed to do this. And I, I know this is like, like with the COVID jab, I used to, I got really cross with that. It's like, why am I being forced 
to do this when I maybe I don't want it, you know, and wearing a mask. I don't want to wear a mask. Why are you saying I have to wear a mask? Why are you saying it's the law that I have to wear a mask? It's things like that. I mean, and the government get me cross because they, they do impose their control on me and that gets me really angry. So. Bit of a free spirit there. Yeah, I'm going to go live in a field somewhere and you can't find me. <laughs> go off grid. To be uh, surrounded by trees and hugging them all. Yep, struck in my leaves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What, what's your go-to in the tree or the leaf world then? What's, what's, your, what's your top of the priority? I don't have a... I like oak trees hmm. because Why? they're majestic. They're massive. And there's one in a, in a park that I walk to that is, oh my God, it's enormous. And I hug it every time I go. My daughters are like, come on, let's go, mum. <laughs> I'm like, just a minute. I like it here. Um, so yeah, it has to be. I think oak trees are my favorite. But you know, my daughter brought home a Christmas tree yesterday. But she brought one that was planted because I get really upset when she when we kill them to <laughs> decorate them for Christmas. So she brought one that was actually in a pot. So we named him Barry. Uh, so Barry's in the back garden at the moment. And he's just like, just so soft. I just keep stroking his like little fur needles. They're like really nice. So yeah. Barry the Christmas tree. Yeah. Barry the Christmas tree. <laughs> but he's going to grow old with us because he's in a pot. So we'll put him in another pot when he gets older. So we're, we're taking good care of Barry. He's lovely. <laughs> yeah. And I do like flowers that, that have got a scent to them, like jasmine, things like that, that, mm. that smell really good. You know, like, if you go out into the into your garden in the morning, it's just like the whole the world smells really good because it smells of the world rather than your house. I just things like that get me excited. I'm just like, nice. Mm, I love it. What's what's coming up for you in the future then? That you know, what plans have you? Where do you um, see yourself going? I want to grow my business more. I want to uh, reach more people, maybe through group coaching as well, not just one-to-one. I'd love to be a speaker, um, not just on podcasts, but in the actual flesh. That would be so amazing. Um, Personally, I need to get much more in shape, which I have started. I just stopped smoking. So I'm very proud of myself. Two weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So yeah, I think you know, I've, that's, that's one thing, like an addiction is something that is numbing something inside because that feeling in your cells through doing the smoking or whatever it is you're doing is shutting off a certain emotion. So, you know, I addressed that and, you know, I want to be around to help more people. I want to be around for my kids and I want to mm. be able to have an impact in the world. And I need energy to be able to do that. I need to be fit and healthy to be able to have an impact in the world. And smoking wasn't serving me to do that. So that helped that. So that's what I want to go forward. I want to have a greater impact um, in my own life, in my children's lives and in lives around the world. And like I say, I think I have to be fit and healthy to do that. So it starts with me, my body, my energy, my mind. Um, so yeah, taking care of all of those as well. Mm. It's amazing as you talk there because I I smoked myself uh, up until four or five years ago. Yeah. But it was actually at a it was at a Tony Robbins. I didn't intend to quit, <laughs> but it was actually at a Tony Robbins event. And as you described it, it wasn't it wasn't about the quitting. 
for me anyway, it was about all the things that I had to do. And the longer I smoked and the less or the further away yeah. it pushed all the things I wanted to do. Exactly, I think it's yeah. a beautiful way of phrasing it saying, mm-hmm. listen, smoke if you wish, but your, your future dreams, your future goals, just get that a little bit further away. So, um, mm. you're just, yeah, if, you're, if you're not around, if you're not fit and healthy to achieve these things, then they're mm. not going to happen, are they? And you know, you're, and like you're, you're the cells in your body, they get used to being numbed. Mm. Um, you know, and they, they crave your, your body craves, not that your body craves the, the nicotine, it does, but your body is addicted to a, a certain feeling that the nicotine causes. Um, and, you know, I'm the one that's supposed to be controlling my body, not my body controlling me. So I'm like, listen up, mate, you, you're going to do what I tell you now. Um, you, you've controlled me for long enough. I'm in control now. And this is how it's going to be. So Yeah. It's amazing isn't it? when you actually understand that, that you are not your mind. You're not the voice in your head. You know, there's so yeah. much, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I've been under your control for so long um, and I've been listening to you whether I wanted to or not. Because, you know, when you get to a point and you're smoking and you don't actually really enjoy it anymore, but it's the habit and it's the, you know, you can't not do it. It's like, well, that means that it's completely, um, it's it's got a hook in me and, mm. and me being me don't like being controlled. I'm like, hold on a minute. You've been controlling me for long enough. Enough is enough. Let's get this. Let's get this out. Um, so yeah, and that was a turnaround for me. So it was good. Isn't funny? Yeah, that sort of control aspect of yeah, you know, it's when you realise that something. But I, I missed recently a sort of um, understanding with social media when you realise that you are the product, you know, and and it's the mm-hmm. same with cigarettes, right? You know, it's like cigarettes are controlling me. It's like, well, no, that's not going to happen. But with some of the social media, it is that, yeah, it's free and all the rest because yeah, you're on the menu, you know, who can advertise to you and who can, who can, you know, sort of make money off you direct indirectly or directly, whatever way, you know? Yeah. I mean, when it went down the other week, I mean, how many people had withdrawal symptoms from that? I mean, to start with, I was like looking at my phone going, something wrong with my phone there's something wrong with the internet. I don't know what's happening. And then when I realized, you know, that actually I wasn't getting online, it was quite a relief for me. I was like, okay, I can put the phone down. I'm not going to look. I'll check it tomorrow. I'm not going to keep checking it every two minutes, but there must've been some people who were like, really, oh my God, I can't get online. And, and it's just like taking the cigarette away, panic because they, they don't know where the next hit of social media is coming from. And yeah, that is a bit scary, isn't it? That's crazy. I mean, I often remember in an office and losing the internet. Unless you were sent everyone home, was like, there's no internet. What, what can you do? <laughs> you know, now our systems were, were connected, you know, our email systems and all were connected. But you realize how, how dedicated or how connected you are. Yeah. You know, our phone line systems were connected to the internet. Our, all our email servers are connected mm-hmm. to the internet. You know, but the only thing people could left to do was to talk to each other and to maybe print some stuff out locally if you wish. <laughs> you know, it's like, but... You know, it's so, yeah, I don't know. There is a price for that too, right? You know, that sort of extreme connection that, um, you know, doesn't, yeah. Is it worth the connection? I don't know. Um, I, I like the fact that we, that we connect so easily with people all over the world. And you know, I have some, I've made some really great friends and I've never met them, you mm. know, and these are online. Like I, I talk to them. I, you know, I, 
they help me, I help them, we support each other. And it's really great that you can have that and you're not tied to being in one place. Um, so I do like that, but yeah, sometimes it can be, it, it can be addictive and, you know, you, you, it's overloading the, the mm. fact that you're on there all the time. And I'm just as guilty as everybody else. I check my phone a lot. And then sometimes my head's just like, my God, Tara, put the phone down. You know, you can't take any more of scrolling and seeing the same rubbish. So, yeah, I, and I do put it down then. But mm. <laughs> Yeah. What's, what's a guilty pleasure for you then? Take the guilt out of it if you wish. Maybe that's what tree hogging is and feeling flowers. It is, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, it does take a, a bit of courage sometimes to do because it it's people walking around and I know that they're looking at me and I know they're thinking, what is that woman doing? But, but I, I'm, I'm, I like the tree hugging more than I'm worried about what they're thinking about me. So I do it anyway. Um, food is definitely cheese. <laughs> What's your go-to? I'm a, oh, any cheese, anything with cheese on it. Um, but my what? daughters are vegan. So I, I do have, I do have cheese in the house, but I don't get to eat it that often. So, you know, things like that are my guilty pleasure. I'm like, I'm going to have my cheese. I'm going to have my baked camembert or something. I'm mm. going to have cheese and biscuits and I'm going to do it. And yeah, that's my thing. Um, Cause I'm the meat eater. I'm the normal eating person in the house and they're the vegans. So it's just easier to cook vegan all the time because you know, why would you cook two meals? Um, or just or just get rid of the girls, neither or. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that as well. <laughs> yeah, just so, sorry, girls, you're not eating tonight. There was cheeses on the menu. Uh, but cheese is my weakness, definitely. Mm, I love cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a cheese wedding cake. I, I, I feel <gasps> it. Yeah. Really? Oh my yeah. goodness. Big sounds... big round wheel of cheese. Well, there was three round wheels of cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My, my in-laws were absolutely petrified, so they bought us a plain wedding cake or a, like a normal wedding, like actual cake. I was like, no, no, we don't need it. It's like, please, please just let us buy your normal cake. It's like, well, if you want this, don't waste the money because I'm having a cheese wedding cake. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I would have loved yeah. to be at that wedding and eating cheese wedding cake. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that's my dedication to the cause. So I... Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, vegan cheese is naff. It mm. just does not just taste haven't the same got there at all. Yet. Yeah. I don't mind. Oh, I, I can put up with the oat milk. I love things like that. But cheese, just you can't substitute it. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. I feel it to the point of actually being hypnosis and that to try and sort of <laughs> take the <laughs> take the passion away from cheese. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like how can you make me love cheese less? I think it actually was kind of intuitive. <laughs> I think I love it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> See, you need to love cheese less. Do you really though? I mean, is it important? Well, yeah, it's, it's, as my wife would say, it's, it's all about proportions. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. in moderation, I guess. Yeah, Moderation is, and that, that's the problem. It's like, I love it so much that, yeah, I just step away from the cheese. It's like, no, no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like yeah. some sort of bear trap around it. So you can't touch it. Yeah. This is <laughs> <laughs> the things you do, right. You know, so <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, tell me if, if you were to try and describe your fire in the belly in one or two words, what would they be, Tara? For me, it's, it's doing the thing that I love and not being controlled. That's a big word I use quite a lot, isn't it? Um, not being made to do something that 
that I don't want to do. Um, and I think a lot of people have to have lived, lived through that every single day. They're doing what they shouldn't be doing or what they don't want to do. So for me, firing the belly is loving my life um, having the impact that I want so that I can help people because, you know, people are just freaking amazing. They're just, you know, I walk down the street and I just want to talk to them all because they're interesting and they've got things to share and they've got passions and they've got dreams hidden inside them. And I want to get those out. That's what, that's what fuels me. And I love doing that. Um, whether that's working with them or whether that's just in conversation. Um, you know, my daughter had a party not long ago and the poor kids that were here, I swear they're <laughs> probably traumatized. <laughs> but I was on them all like, what's your dream? What do you want to do? And they were like, Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> Drink wine and eat cheese. Go away. <laughs> yeah, they were throwing cheese in the garden so I could just chase it. Um, but I think people need to have their dreams and, and I want to get it out of them and make them think about it. So that making people live their best life is what gets me excited the most. Definitely. Because wow. life's too short to be good. It's got to be great. It's got to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, where where can people find you? Hunt you down, track you, stalk you, any of the above? Just just hang some cheese out the window, be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit under an oak tree. Uh, no, if they wanted to find me on the web, obviously my website is tarachatzakis.com. Um, you can find you me on spell, Instagram. You must spell that for people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. So Tara is obviously T-A-R-A. Yep. And my surname is C-H-A-T-Z-A-K-I-S. I'm on Instagram at Tara Chazakis as well. Um, and, you know, I'd love to give your listeners um, a, a gift as well. I mean, I have a free gift that they're welcome to have, which is Manifesting Made Easy. It's uh, five steps to help you manifest Certainly. some things in your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even, you know, if they if what we've talked about resonates with them and they don't think I'm too crazy and, you know, <laughs> anti-government or anti-control, um, you know, maybe I'd, I could offer them a 10% discount if they wanted to work with me. Um, if they told me that they came through your podcast, that would be great. Oh, super. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. Is there a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners? Do what gets you excited. Don't worry about what other people say. As I've said a few times, you know, life's too short to be just good. It's going to be great. Either that or you're going to wake up when you're 85 and think, damn, why didn't I do this sooner? Mm. Yeah, life is short. Make the most of it. Eat cheese. Yeah, and eat cheese. (laughs) Be happy. Tara, it's been wonderful talking with you today. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear more from you in the future. So thank you for now. Thank you very much, Pete. I've enjoyed it. It's been great. You're welcome. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.